0: Well, good morning again, and if you are joining us for the first time, let me introduce myself. My name is Mark, one of the pastors here, and we're so glad that you're here with us. We're in the midst of this series that we've called Oikos. And this morning, uh, let me ask, have you heard of the phrase divine appointment, right? Well, today, we're going to start by talking about a literal divine appointment, an appointment that was literally set up to bring a couple people together by God himself, And so Peter is in this time of prayer, and he's praying, and and God tells him, Hey, Peter, there are these soldiers who are about to knock at your door, but don't be afraid. I've sent them. In fact, I want you to go with them. It's a little unnerving, but here's how Peter explained this to the church later, and he tells them this. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me. And we enter the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message, and through which you and all your household will be saved. Now, Peter doesn't say it, but he had to be thinking. Really, God? Uh, Really? Uh, You're going to send a soldier to my door? Uh, First of all, remember, Jews did not associate with Gentiles. They wouldn't even go into a Gentile's home. That was just not something that Jewish people did. But then you're not only sending me a Gentile, Lord, you're sending me a, a soldier? Uh, somebody who is like a Gentile of Gentiles. And remember, this passage is in Acts. This is just a few weeks after Jesus was crucified. And and then the disciples went and they hid for their lives up in the upper room. This is not that much longer. So you're sending me a soldier, Lord? But then it's not just any soldier. This is They're going to a centurion's house. This is a soldier who commands... A hundred soldiers. Do you think Peter was a little afraid? Okay, it, it, I tell you, he, we know he was afraid. Why? Because the text says right here, let's go back to the other text. Uh, it said, oh, I'm going to go with, uh, where is it? See, no, six brothers. Do you think they just went along for moral support? <laughs> no, Okay. I need some people to have my back. And so he goes with seven people over to the household. uh, And he follows the prompting. And he shares after he goes there with this centurion named Cornelius. And as he's sharing Jesus with Cornelius, here's what happens. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised, that's the Jewish people, who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out onto the Gentiles. Okay, years ago, after humanity fell into sin, God chose a man named Abraham, and he said, Abraham, I'm gonna make an everlasting covenant with you. Through you and your descendants, I am gonna bring salvation into the world. All of the world is going to be blessed through you. This event right here, Cornelius, right here, the first non-Jewish person invited into the covenant people of God. It's a huge deal. Why? Because Peter had the courage to go. And it's a big deal because if, you are not he- if you're here today and you're not Jewish, guess what? You are the spiritual descendant of Cornelius and what happened in that household on that day. You would not be here if it wasn't for the courage of Peter listening to the Holy Spirit, prompted by God, overcoming his fears, overcoming his cultural biases, and going to share Jesus with this Gentile of Gentiles. We should be very glad that Peter has done this. And so here, Here is this soldier who is wide open to the message of Jesus. This Gentile of Gentiles. And not only is he open to the message of Jesus, he is open to sharing it with his whole household. Now, if you've been here for the last couple weeks, when you hear that word, whole household, what's the word? Oikos. Okay, so he not only uh, receives Jesus Christ, He's open to sharing it with his whole family and his friends and, oh, by the way, the men who are in the military with him. And all these people come to know Christ as a result. Aren't you glad that Peter had the courage to listen to the Holy Spirit, to overcome his fears, to share this, to go on to do this? And so here's my question. What if there are... Hundreds of people in our city today who are like Cornelius. What if there are people who are more than open to the gospel? And if we would follow this prompting of the Spirit to overcome our fears, to overcome our cultural biases, that there's no way that this person is going to come to know Jesus. Do you ever have that thought? Peter did. Are you kidding me, Lord? Do you realize that maybe the reason God chose this person, the least likely person to ever come to faith, Gentile of Gentiles, soldier of soldiers, is to convince you and I today that he can overcome every barrier you would ever think to somebody coming to faith. And not only could there be hundreds, if not thousands, of people out there open to the gospel, but then once they hear it, they would turn around and share their faith with their oikos. Not only do I believe this is true, I believe that even right now, there, God is prompting you and me. There are people that we know that if we only would share our faith, perhaps they would come to faith. Now for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about, well how do I do this? Not in some big, ethereal, uh, hard to do, but pastor, give me a step by step, what do I do in my church? How do I live into the Great Commission? How do I do this in a way that fits with my everyday life? And we've been talking about this idea of oikos. And we boiled it down to these five steps, straight from the scriptures, straight from what the early church was doing, And we said, God doesn't ask us to change the whole world, he asks us to change the world he's given to us, okay? List out the people in our lives, find those eight to 15 people or so, for some of you it's a bit more, for some of you it's a bit less. Just be intentional about them and then pray for them. Begin praying for this group of people because there's no way that you and I are gonna bring change, we can't do this. It's only the grace of Jesus Christ and his spirit that brings real change. Begin praying for them every day. And as you pray, your heart will change as well. And then invest in them relationally. I was so uh, encouraged. Uh, I meet together with a bunch of men uh, who are dear friends of mine who encourage me on a regular basis. And we met yesterday and we went around the little breakfast table and they were all talking about how they invested intentionally in somebody in their oikos this past week. I hope you did the same. I, I had a chance myself, and I was I was blown away. It was so God honored this, and I hope He did for you as well. Well, today we're going to talk about this next step. You see, after you've built a relationship with people, it's not simply good enough to build a bridge. Eventually, God's going to call us to cross this bridge and share the love of Christ with this person to invite them to connect to Jesus. And so, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and um, I know that this makes you nervous. I know this for certain because you told me in the survey this week, uh, and here's, here's what you shared with me. Um, why don't we share the gospel, or why well, haven't, and a lot of people said because I, I, I'm just afraid, 44% of you. But before we do anything else, I need to address this little yellow section, just 2%. Now, there was only about 300 people who responded this week, so it's not a big segment, but they said, I'm not sure if it's necessary to receive Christ for salvation. First of all, I want to give you the honesty. Thank you for being honest with me. Okay, and this is a total anonymous, so I, I don't know who you are, but I want to make sure that you realize that actually it's really clear in the scriptures. Here's what Jesus said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, there is no salvation outside of Jesus Christ, and I know this is not a popular thing today. In our culture, it is not a popular thing to have exclusive understanding that sounds like I'm being biased, uh, but this is what Jesus told us. And so therefore, the truth is that our friends Our friends who have not received Jesus Christ, their souls really are in peril. This is not just something that's kind of a casual, interesting thing that we participate in, and maybe if you're interested, this is an interesting way of life. There are eternal souls that really are at risk here. And the most loving thing that we can do today is have a conversation with our friends, inviting them to connect with Jesus Christ. So with that, I know that it brings up fear. 44% of us said, I'm I'm just afraid, okay? But I'm really encouraged that, you know, at least we had about 41% of us who said that you shared the gospel this past year, but almost 60% of us didn't. We have to change this. Now, I'm convinced that part of this is because, like we started this series, maybe you just didn't know how. And so as we continue to talk through this, We're gonna, I think it's gonna make it so much easier. This is why, let's go to the next one. 50% of us have invited somebody to church, 60 actually. That's a great start. But we have to be so much more closer to 100%. And as we continue in this process, I'm confident that we're going to get there. And here's the good news. I don't think it's as challenging as anyone would think. And so having laid this groundwork, okay, God is prompting us to follow the Spirit, to invite people to connect with the Son. Each one of us has to be faithful to be ambassadors to do this. This is not just something that a few people are called to do. We are all called to do this. The good news is not as challenging as you might think. And I want this morning to put some tools in your hands so that you will walk out those doors in a a few more minutes, far more confident, far more with with a sense of I trust the Spirit and I feel equipped to do this. So, let's start here. After you've prayed for somebody, after you've invested in them relationally, the next step, of course, is to invite them. Just as you said, 60% of you have done this. And that is the most important start that you can make. If you do nothing else about inviting somebody to connect with Christ, the simplest way to do this, invite them to come to church. And one of the reasons why people, in fact, you know what the number one reason people don't come to church? Bar none, it's because they're not invited. Every survey that goes out, every statistic that that looks at this, and they ask people outside of the church, would you attend if somebody invited you? It's almost always around 50% or more. Of course, yes, I would go if somebody would invite me. And so we have to be people who not just invite, but who continue to invite people to come, knowing that that's what's best for them. Here, let's take a look and uh, see what Phil and Martha, how they took this seriously in their life.
1: So there's a gentleman I work with that I added to my Oikos list and he takes public transportation to get to work. And so I've decided that a couple days a week I can give him a ride home and talk with him. I don't always talk about church and I don't always talk about that. I try and um, split my time up, but I also wanna make sure he knows that I'm interested in him and that I really would like to see him and his wife come
2: to church. I've had a friend for over 20 years that I, I just love her to pieces. It's very apparent that she's very, very uncomfortable with um, the whole idea of church. So I never got to that point with her, which I like this process because it kind of pushes me to go to that invite stage.
1: Also for me, I find that it's much easier now that I have a list mm. to invite. Pastor Mark talked last week about just working on one, and it's really not that hard, but for some reason in the past, I've always found it difficult.
2: And it's not gonna be yes every time you ask. In fact, you have to keep coming back with your invitation so that they know you're genuinely sincere.
1: There are people that we've invited many times over several months, and they haven't come but I have no doubt that with more prayer and time, eventually they will come.
2: And they may decide to go somewhere closer to them or something they're familiar with, and that's the whole point is to get them closer to Jesus. So it's not up to you to make sure they come into the doors of BPC, which would be nice, but um, as long as you are bringing them along in faith, that's that's the whole beauty of this.
0: the first step, okay? If you're somebody who's saying, this is brand new to me, I've never done anything like this, start by inviting them just to come to church. And that doesn't simply mean come to worship on a Sunday. That may also mean coming to your community group. It may also mean coming to an event that the church has, but connect them with other people relationally, which that is the church, right? And so maybe by the time they come to a worship service, they already know a few people and they feel like, Yeah, this is home. But here, what if you are in the moment and there's somebody who is there and and it's not simply uh, defer to invite them to church? What if there's an opportunity for you to share your faith right there? And I got to tell you, there are occasions where the Spirit will open a door and that door may not be open forever. We have to be ready to share what it is that we believe when this door is open. And and I love the way that uh, the message translates this. 1 Peter 3.15. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. You see, we have to be prepared. You've got to be prepared that when the Spirit opens the door and this person somehow seems open to faith, well, how will you answer? One day, every one of us is going to stand before Jesus Christ and be able to give a testimony of, well, how did you love those people who were in your life? And, and if there was an opening, you don't want to defer and just say, well, come to church on Sunday. That's good, but so much better would be, let me share my faith with you. So I want to give you some tools this morning that will help you to know exactly how to do this, and maybe you've never learned Your ABCs. So I call them uh, the, in fact, let's go to the next slide. I call them the ABCs of faith. And if you could learn your ABCs, you will have a means through which you'll be reminded how to share a summary of the gospel. And so let's start with this. You've even heard me already, if you've been around BPC for a while, use these ABCs, and here they are. If you can remember, admit, B, believe, and C, commit, you have an effective summary of how somebody can respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. A, admit, I need Jesus. I believe that my life is messed up and I need you, Lord. You know, and let me pause here. Somebody was saying, why do we have this silly napkin in the middle of the bulletin, okay? (laughs) <laughs> because guess what? You know where these conversations come up? In a restaurant. At a coffee shop. You need to know how to explain this on a napkin. You can't explain this on a napkin. There's no way somebody's going to get it. So that's for you to take notes this morning. Okay? And if you're at home or you're somewhere else and you don't have this, it's okay. Just sketch out on a little piece of paper with me. So please, this is really helpful to take notes. Admit... My life is messed up. The world's messed up. I know that I need God. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Admit that our lives are broken. B, believe. Believe that all of what Jesus Christ did for you is true, that he came, that he died, that he's resurrected. Believe that what Jesus said is true. And then C, commit. Commit all that you know of yourself to all that you know of him and begin to follow him. I should have said, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Why we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Believe this and then commit. To all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And to be able to ask somebody, is this what you'd want? Could I challenge you to do this? In fact, can I pray with you to commit your life to Christ? And I really like this word commit because it indicates this is not just a one-time decision. As we have been learning as a church, this is an ongoing walk with Jesus, following him as a disciple. So, my son first learned his ABCs. Now, if you want to take the next step, And learn a little bit of grammar and to go beyond this, the next powerful tool that I can tell you about is simply tell your story. Tell your story. The most compelling thing today that no one can argue with. It doesn't matter if somebody says, oh, I don't believe in this stuff, but guess what? How can they argue about what God did in your life? There is no premise. And so, How might you explain your story? Use your ABCs. A, let me tell you about the way that I finally came to realize I need God. And if I were telling you the story in my own life, I would tell you, I was a kid who grew up in the church. I I, I heard all about Jesus, but guess what? I ran my own life. And when I finally realized in high school that I'm not doing a good job, I, I, I'm not really good at this, I didn't know where to turn. But then, B, I had a chance to go to a young life camp when I was 16. And I heard about Jesus in a way I had never heard before. I had never realized how much he truly is is wants a personal relationship with me. That he died on the cross to make it possible for me to be forgiven? To make it possible for me to enter into a a relationship? Never heard that. Not in a way that it ever sunk into my heart. And I believed. And with that, I committed my life. I decided that, Jesus, I want this. I don't know all of what that means, I certainly didn't know it was going to be. I was a pastor one day, okay? I had no idea, but I'll tell you what happened is that somehow God worked into my life hope in ways I never had. He worked into my life healing in ways I never had known, and he has never let me down. He has been so kind to me. He has offered me reason for living. He's given me hope in the midst of terrible times. And now, I have a family like I've never had before. I, I, am, I deeply love Jesus. And in fact, this is where I would turn around and describe and say, you know, I wonder, have you ever experienced that? Would you, you know, ever consider doing the same, A, B, and C? Your story is powerful because it's a testimony of what God has done in your life. And if you remember that A, B, and C, you've got a powerful outline to how to share your life. What was your life like before? How did you come to believe? And what has changed since? And do it in no more than three minutes. If you take more than three minutes, people are going to know if you can't explain this in three minutes, then, you know, if somebody asks you questions, tell me more about that. Well, of course you can. But you got to be ready to share. In fact, when we went to Guatemala, I would train people, uh, share it in one minute. Because, by the way, it's going to be translated. <laughs> Which doubles, if not triples it. Okay, so just to be ready. All right, so you got your ABCs. you got your story. What if... Someone says, tell me more. Or you're sitting down at a restaurant, and you you just get a sense that you know it's time to share that. This person's not coming to church. I have has anybody ever shared with you me talking to a friend the good news of Jesus? You know, I'd love to share with you something that I learned along the way. Each one of us has to be prepared to share a summary of the gospel in a way that our friends can understand. And so let me share a tool with you that I think is the most powerful and best tool that's out there today to summarize the good news of Christ. It's a tool that was developed by Varsity to help communicate particularly with college students today. And here uh, is where I'm gonna switch over to this, this chart right here. And I would love for you again right in your, your little napkin, okay? Sketch this along with me so that you can be prepared uh, to do this yourself. Here's where I would start. I would say this to my friend. Let's start with the world today. What do you see around you? I'll tell you what I see. I see a world that's pretty messed up. I see school shootings, kids killing kids. I see discord, to the point where people can't even agree across the aisle. I see uh, people who, there's racial injustice. I see all kinds of discord between people, and our world is pretty messed up. Would you agree, generally speaking, right? Well, here's the other thing. I would say as part of that, is not only do we have discord between one another and, and we, the world and the environment is messed up, but also we have discord with God. Now here's the interesting thing, and here's the question that, that leads to the next step. No one is content with this. Every one of us recognizes something's wrong, and we long for something better. Now, if, when I'm hungry, if that suggests there exists something called food, when I'm thirsty, it suggests that something exists called drink, water, could it be that the longing that all of us have within our lives is a longing for something more? We all know that this world was intended for something better. Well, the scriptures tell us that that's exactly true that at one time, God created us to be with him and one another. There was, the world was perfect. It was without brokenness. And there was a relationship between human beings that wasn't in discord, and there was a relationship with God that was perfect. So what happened? What happened is we said we wanna be the ones in charge. And this is what we did and broke our relationship with the planet. We broke our relationship with one another. We broke our relationship with God. And this is what the result has become. But God loved us so much that he sent his son to come into the world. Didn't want to leave us here. And Jesus came, and what did he proclaim? He proclaimed this message of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It is this idea that God wants to restore all that was broken. In fact, to bring and restore a relationship with him, to restore a relationship with one another, and to restore a relationship with the world. And each one of us is called by Jesus to come into this kingdom and receive him as our king. Then, we are called together to go out with him as our king into the world. Each one of us participating together as those sent to heal having experienced a taste of being empowered and forgiven by God, to now we are sent out together to tell others, to encourage them, to love them, and even to help heal the broken world. And we, as an outpost of showing the world what it looks like to bring healing. And so here, I would summarize this by saying, This was uh, created for good, damaged by evil, restored for better, and then together now we are sent to heal. This is a summary of the whole of the scriptures. If you want to know a 30,000 foot view of what the scriptures teach, this is a pretty good one. Now today, we have a lot of people who would admit, I see this, and I want to be a part of this. But here's the problem. We can't get from right here to here. The problem is that you and I, if we want to be honest with ourselves, we're part of the problem. You see, we need healing and wholeness ourselves. Before we ever really think that we can bring something to the table to bring healing to our world, we need healing ourselves, don't we? And this is the point where I would ask my friend, where do you see yourself in this picture? And if somebody chooses this circle, you can say, really? because that's not the way I see the world. Let's talk about it. If they say, I see myself in this circle, now you can ask them, can I help you to better, to receive Jesus Christ and his forgiveness? Would you like that? I would be glad to pray for you to receive that now. If they say, well, I'm here, but I'm not really here, can I invite you to come along with me to be a part of this journey? And let me show you something. If you want to remember how to do this, This is A, this is B, this is C. Can I invite you to admit this is where you are? Can I ask you, do you believe this? And can I encourage you to commit yourself to Jesus Christ, to follow him? Now, I love this model because it's not only what am I saved from one day that I get to go to heaven when I die, But it's actually, what am I saved for? I get to participate in something that moves me to be about God's mission of healing to the world. And this this gives me purpose and hope. And oh, by the way, one more thing. It doesn't end here. One day God will restore it all. It will be restored in fullness. And you can ask your friend, is that what you want? You see, that's what God showed to me. And if you have this tool, I would encourage you, actually, uh, this, there's an app that you can download uh, to actually have right on your phone, and it will guide you right through this from InterVarsity. It's called The Big Story. Download it and have it right there. You don't even need a napkin, okay? And then, uh, if, please practice this. And if you say, well, Mark, I learned another gospel presentation, great, okay? But this is one that I think is really uh, helpful, particularly to to people in rising generations that connects the gospel story perhaps in ways that other uh, explanations and summaries of the gospel uh, in the past uh, now are not resonating as much. But if you've got one, good. I just want you to have that tool in your pocket. So let's go back to where we started. Peter and Cornelius. Peter is thinking there is no way, no way that this, because that's what he'd been told all his life, but the Spirit prompts him. The Spirit prompts him to go to this guy who is the Gentile of Gentiles. There is no way that this guy could come to faith. But as it is, actually, he is extremely open to the gospel. Peter walks him through an explanation of the gospel. His heart opens, and not only does he come to a relationship with Jesus, but then he brings everybody else in his household to do the same. Could it be that there's at least one person in your life right now that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to share this message? And maybe you were open to doing this, you just didn't know how. Now, learn this tool. And maybe that, that time isn't today. Maybe the time is coming And maybe you're working and praying and you're investing in somebody. The scripture says, be prepared. Be prepared that when God opens that door, that you have a tool that you know how to use so that you can share this, so that if that window's only open for a few little bit, share it. See, because just in the same way that Cornelius took that and shared it with his household, wouldn't it be great if this person in your oikos then turned around and shared it with their oikos. You see, that's the way it's supposed to work. But we have to be faithful. We have to be courageous. We have to be people who overcome our fear. Now do it with gentleness and respect. But overcome your fear and trust in the Holy Spirit. See, God will use you. He will. And this week, if you do, would you do me a favor? Shoot me an email. I'd love, I'd love to hear the stories. Uh, and I just think that it could be a really, really amazing thing. Uh, just to, And just, you know, here's the thing. Hey, my pastor shared this crazy thing on Sunday. Can I share with you what, what he taught me? I just want to get your opinion about it. So now you have, a, you have an in, okay? Pray about it, okay? And when it's time, I want you to be prepared. And I don't want you to fear. You see, because... It's not right. Let's close with this. You see what? This gospel is not just to share for somebody else. This gospel is for you. You need to be reminded this morning that at one time, we were all just here. But Jesus invited you to come in before you ever deserved it. He told you you are loved with an everlasting love and he wanted to wrap his arms around you and forgive you and heal you. Now that you've tasted of this healing, now our call is together to go out on this healing mission. You're loved, and this gospel is for you, but it's not only for us. Let's share it with those who need it. Let's pray. Father, this morning we're grateful that there is good news. Thank you that the kingdom of God is here and that the future has broken into the present, that you are bringing healing and wholeness and hope to our world. Now, Lord, help us to be your instruments. Help us to overcome our fears. Help us to listen to the Holy Spirit. And when the time comes, help us to present the good news in a way that's clear and precise, and Spirit, would you use it so that it would be compelling because it's great news, it's world-changing news, it's the truth. And even now, Lord, we lift up our friends. We lift up those friends that we just know need to come to know you. We lift up their names to you, and their faces, and their situations, because I know that you're even more brokenhearted than we are, Lord. So use us, Lord. And help us to follow your prompting spirit. We only want to be faithful to you and your church. And so we just thank you for this mission. But more than that, we thank you for your love in Jesus Christ. It's in his glorious name that we pray. Amen.